Listener Production. Whether it's a smoothie at 7am, French toast at 4pm or a bacon and egg roll at midnight, this is the podcast for you. It's delicious. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Well, Alex Dyson, some bad news, you know, coming through yesterday in terms of an extended Sydney lockdown, but Mm. also news of it leaking through to Melbourne as well. Uh, a little bit worrying. Um, and even Suddenly case- um, scratching your, your best chair is not the worst thing a removalist can do in the States. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, and then so, look, it's a little bit concerned, but good news. Mm-hmm. My show, The Other Guy, now available in Argentina. <laughs> oh, so- life has a way of uh, just bringing the roller coaster through, doesn't it? So, I mean, look, they did just win Copa America. Mm-hmm. Um, they also just won... My heart. Uh, so congratulations <laughs> to all the winners in Argentina for having a brand new football trophy and the best show on Australia TV. Do you know whether they're just putting Spanish subtitles onto it or they've hired voice actors to dub it? Like, Because I think the particularly in France... The French voice of Homer Simpson is tr- quite famous. <laughs> I know. Um, well, I look. I think it's just subtitles, and the only reason why I think that is because they have not consulted me <laughs> <laughs> about who might be playing the Spanish version of me. And I'll be very disappointed if I don't get a say in that because if I see them, I'll be like, "That's not how I sound like." I mean, you use quite a few Australian terms on the show. Do you know what they translate to in different languages? Do you know what? I don't know, but we had a big argument behind the scenes about the word pokies, right? I mean, it was a big argument, but it was one of those things where they were like, you know, in the scripting phase, they're like, you can't say the word pokies because international audiences don't understand what they are. So can you say slot machines? And I was like, well, no, because that doesn't sound like Australian. Like no one from Australia would say that. And they're like, well, can you say that you're going to the casino? And it's like, well, no, because it's a different thing. Like they're just yeah. going down to the pokies, you know? Yeah. And so I don't know what that is in Spanish. In Spanish. But please, if you happen to be in Argentina, mm. let us know. It's on Flow, Flow Cablevision. So uh, please let me know. Thank you very much for joining us today. It is a very big show. Um, there's trouble brewing around Byron Bay and it's got nothing to do with these lockdowns. Or does it? Uh, some people holding cardboard signs may think it does. Uh, we'll be finding out what's going on from our correspondent on the ground. Um, we're going to be crossing to a gentleman named Hunter Johnson who founded the Man Cave. You might have heard us mention it a couple of weeks ago. Super important chat. Could get a bit heavy at times, but um, it's going to be really open and really looking forward to that. And uh, first up, Matt O'Kine, I'm putting my helmet on because I'm about to have my mind blown by a couple of more facts out of the uh, the mouth of Matt O'Kine and, and your good selves. You've sent us some mind-blowing yeah. facts. This is this is a podcast is about to get absolutely experimental. Are we ready for it? Let's do it. This is Matt and Alex. Hope you're having a good one. Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Alex Dyson, if you joined us this time last week, you'll know that we uh, embarked on a new segment uh, based on a couple of things that I learned over the past seven days. Uh, now, I thought that they were quite surprising, all right, but you weren't so into, interested. Well, the segment is called Mind Blown. We present facts which blow your mind. Now, it's a People have different levels of incendiary nature of minds, right? So some minds will be very flammable, very unstable, nitroglycerin minds, okay? Other minds might be a woolen jumper that's very hard to light. Um, But we take all minds here and just present you some facts that will blow your dome. 
Mind alone. And below they will. Okay, here's one that I I just found out recently. All right. All right, Pop hit this, me, mate. Daiso. All right. Pop this. So I've been looking at mandarins upside down my whole life. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> no, I don't. So, so Belle was showing Sophia how a mandarin grows off the tree. Yeah. And and you know the bit that you put your thumb through to open up? The bottom. That's the bottom of the mandarin. I didn't know that. I thought that was the top. <laughs> how would that be the top? I don't know. I just never knew that that was the bottom. I thought it was the top. You know how an apple. What about the bit apple- that has the stalk that attaches to it? I've never considered that bit. <laughs> you thought I've that just was, never even looked at it that way. That was the point it stood on. I've never, but when you put a mandarin on like a table just by itself, yeah, you don't put it with the stalky bit up the top, do you? Yes, you no, do. you put the little the thumb entry bit in the in the. Do you? Yes. No. Hey, look. I'm not asking. I'm not. I think Bron my mind just hang blown. on. Just, Bron, producer Bron, can you just say what you want to say to Matt there? But if you have. The the stalk be at the at the bottom. How does it like stay? It leans. It leans. So the mind, I can't your believe. mind blown is a mandarin grows from oh, the stalk. Sorry, sorry, Mister Horticulturalist. I've spent my whole life on the you know, you, in the in well, the orchards of bloody. Okay. But Gatton what? Toowoomba trying to wait, you know, wait, cultivate wait, wait, wait. these delicious Calm citrus. your farm. Calm your orchard, mate. <laughs> All right. What way is an orange the, the right way up? Well, that's obviously the bit, the, the, <laughs> the nubbly bit. Because the oranges, but the oranges don't have the, the inviting thumb entrance point. <laughs> and they're, they're okay. more obvious. It's like lemons. Lemons are more obvious. They've, they've got both sides look like they could connect to the tree. No, it's the bit that a stick goes in. Hey, hey, I t- I've t- listen. I've told you what blew my mind. All right, fine. And if you want to act tell you like your mind, mind is some, okay, that makes my <laughs> mind think and churn. Sorry okay? that your mind is the Mexican Gulf and requires a huge gas and oil leak. <laughs> To become flammable, all right. I am I. Right. My little crepe paper <laughs> head <laughs> will go up, at, you know, uh, with s- a broken with a broken glass bottle out the window and a bit of sunlight. You know what I mean? Like that's all it takes for me. So good on all you, right. mate. I'll see if I you can blow um, my mind. If I go can on. light the the crepe paper with this one. Um, have you heard of the Pinocchio paradox? No. Okay, Pinocchio, um, when Pinocchio tells a lie, his nose grows, right? His nose gets longer. Okay, what would happen if Pinocchio said, my nose will grow now? What would happen, Matt? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) wow. If he's lying and it's not going to grow, right, it stays not growing. But if he says, my nose will grow now, and it doesn't grow, it means he's lying, which means his nose will grow. But <laughs> his nose only grows if he's telling a lie. <laughs> and if he says, my nose will grow now, and it grows, well, it doesn't work. You know what I mean? Okay, yes. Yeah, that, that, that is, that's quite mind-blowing. I'll pay that. Yep, 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 yep. No. Mind blown. Oh, wait. So you get the button, and I don't. You're behind the buttons, man. 
it's rigged. I, I, uh, it's rigged. Sm- smashed into that button like I sticking my thumb through the bottom of a mandarin right there. <laughs> but the top, good part the about this segment, it's not, it's not just us uh, blowing minds. We love you to blow our minds as well. So feel free to send us a voice memo with your mind-blowing fact. Matt.and.alex. Ben got in the mix. Have a listen to this. Hey guys, my mind was blown when I realised that all the small things by Blink-182 only says all the small things once. Mind blown. Blown away. All the small things. This is the start of the song. This is the yeah, cor- that's it. It's I didn't know that. It's not the chorus. Say it ain't so, I will not go, turn the lights off, carry me home. Interesting. It's literally, the, yeah, it's the only time. Wow, yeah, no, well done, Ben. Thank you. Only once. Should say um, shout out to Mark Hoppus uh, finding out that he, uh, you know, has cancer at the moment yeah. and, um, and vowing to beat it. So congrats to him and best of luck. Absolutely. Oh, what a band. Um, let's go on to Anna right now with another mind-blowing fact. G'day, Matt and Alex and Bron and Mashi. Hope you guys are all well. In regards to the what blew your mind recently, Post um, finding out that the Twinkle Twinkle Little Star song and the ABC song from my childhood were the same tune, which I've discovered in my mid thirties, um, kind of blew my mind. Mind blown. Oh. Oh. No, see, I've got. I mean, having I, there's a park with like little bells that you step on, mm-hmm. um, and I have been playing it on. Uh, Playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, and so I hear that tune quite a lot without the A, words. B, C, and, yeah, no, D, E, F, G, yeah. Twinkle Twinkle, twinkle little, little Star. star. Did someone get uh, copyright on that? Who's who's taking the royalties on that one? Remember they tried to change the ABC instead of saying L M N O P. What were they doing? L M N O P Q R S T U V W Y Z, and that's how you do the ABC. Yeah, they are trying to shoot. Anyway, that's that's good stuff. Thank you very much for that one. And uh, we've also got Alice, who's got in touch. Hey, Matt and Alex. Um, just listening to today's podcast about the mind-blowing facts. Just have to side here with Matt because I am um, a person that likes to drop some bold, sweeping statements and then I just don't really have much to back it up with um, <laughs> when I'm talking to my friends. So one in particular that I remember was a fact that I read... Um, about older men, it's not good for them to climb ladders. But when I explained it to my friends, I just dropped it as uh, men over 50 just shouldn't climb ladders. Uh, and I didn't really have the... I just had the headline, not really the backup information. So that was one. And then that I heard cryptocurrency was bad for the environment. Uh, and then when my friends asked for more information, I just said, well, they have to put that data somewhere. Uh, yeah, so Matt... <laughs> I'm with you. Long live the bold sweeping statements. What? How the hell does Alice get a mind blown and I didn't? I didn't even know Crypto if I heard it. <laughs> well, we'll be back next week with some other mind altering statements and um Daiso will be the arbiter of these sound effects. Let us again. know whether, yeah, yeah. Let's you, you know where the benchmark is. Come on, text us in your facts at matt.n.alex. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. No, I feel a buzz. Now, Matt, I've always been a fan of the phrase throwing a cat amongst the pigeons. Um, but I think that is quite an outdated 
term these days. And I'd, I'd like to offer up a, uh, a, a new replacement for it, if I may. And that's throwing a 5G tower amongst Byron Bay. Um, because you do that and you've got yourself a little bit of bedlam on your hands. Well, I didn't really quite realise what has been going on this past week, but a friend of ours, Alex Dyson, um, happens to be living in Byron Bay at the moment and there's a lot of action happening right out the front of their house. Yes, her name is Yaya. She's a photographer. You might, you've probably seen a bunch of her photos from Splendor in the Grass and all that sort of things. Incredible photographer, but has been front and centre for a big controversy. Arrests being made, cardboard signs being waved, and the odd handstand or two in protest. Uh, well, to find out exactly what's going on on the streets of Byron, we're joined by Yaya now. G'day, Yaya. Hey, how are you doing, guys? We're great, but look, um, I'm shocked to see on your Instagram that uh, there's been a fair few people congregating, uh, you know, in the area that you live in um, and, you know, getting angry about these 5G towers still. Um, this has been something that's been happening for a year. What's what's going on? So, yeah, there's definitely never a dull moment around here. <laughs> um, <laughs> to say the least, uh, I would all kind of start it. Today's day three, too, I guess you know, their protests against the establishment, or in this case, the 5G tower in the end of my street. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it all kind of started two days ago. I just like, you know, just went out, grab a coffee, a little coffee run, and literally there was like six police cars, squads, police rescue, two ambulances, and I was like, what the hell is going on? You know, like first thing <laughs> that came to my mind was like, okay, someone died, I don't know, it got stuck on a tree, something. Um, but no... <laughs> Um, it was a guy, um, that was when the protest started, they were supposed to put in the antennas, um, so the scaffolders were supposed to go up, and apparently a guy cemented himself, to a car, cemented his car to the tower and chained himself inside the car, and obviously, like, the cement got, you know, like, got stuck there, so he had to be rescued, <laughs> um, and meanwhile, like, everyone around him chanting, you know, like, anti-5G and everything, Wow. So, uh, yeah, so this is how it all started. And it's been going on for a couple of days now, um, and there were arrests made. It's it's pretty full on out the front. Can you tell us the scene, like how many people are congregating, what's kind of written on the signs, what's going on in these in these areas out the front of your house? <laughs> so basically it's like it's pretty, you know, anti, anti-5G and, you know, and, um, and all that. But basically, the second day, um, they came in large numbers. They had to close the entire complex. So it's kind of like a complex of, like I think, like 12 houses. Um, and thankfully, it's on the other end, because otherwise, I think I would have, um, you know, not, not been as entertained as I am right now, living on the other end of the street. But they basically, a few people tried to hold the, the truck that brought the scaffolding. Um, and, and they started throwing, I think, nails or something. But um, I think the entertaining part of this whole thing is that they're all documenting it on their 5G's phones. So we've got <laughs> yeah, right. So the phones are out. They're recording it all. They're recording it all on the same technology that they themselves are protesting against. Well, that's the interesting thing because all everyone wants is for things to be safe and for things to be convenient. But um, Mm. do we know if the same protests came for 3G, whether they came for 4G and whether they're now going for 5G? Because it sort of feels like every day and again you see like a a cult leader, you hear of them saying the apocalypse is coming on this date and that date passes. You go, 
Um, okay, actually, no, no, no. I've just no. I'm just getting word. It is actually <laughs> going to be on the 38th of September <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> it's like it's totally that. So this is this was exactly my point because like after after I kind of like you know raised that. So today, um, obviously, those arrests was made, and you know all this thing was you know exploded a little bit. Today they came back, and um, one of their one of the, the the women that organized this protest is Isabel Lucas, which we all know from you know. Um, was she on Home and Away? Home and Away. She's on Home and Away. Yeah. She's in. Uh, I believe she's in Transformers. She's been in a lot of movies. I actually did a uh, a summer. A uh, school holidays drama course with Isabel Lucas back in 2002. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, and she just, you know, she knocks on my door today and just, you know, just to make sure that, you know, they're not disturbing us because feel like we have police, like policing the entire complex. I have to show my ID to show them that I leave here in order to get in. Oh. Um, so to, to my own home. Right. <laughs> um, so she, you know, she just came in to, to check on me and like, you know, see like how we feel about everything. And I was like, look, girl, like I have mad respect for her for checking in. I could not have any um, different opinions than her. But um, I mean, my opinions are very different than hers. But um, So you don't know her. She just came in door knocked. No, she just came in door knocked because she's been here the whole three days um, with all this commotion happening. Um, she just wanted to check in that, you know, how we feel about them being there and that I was like, look, girl, like you do you. Um, but I think, you what know, did she, she say? Kind of me. So she tried to explain what they're actually protesting and what they want is for things to be safely tested. And quite honestly, on that matter, I have not researched enough to know, but I, you know, I quite like, like what Alex said before I raised with her. And I said, but didn't you guys like protest the 4G? for the same thing and you know what do you guys have against the g's like if you that if you feel that strongly about it i mean surely you can like bring back the nokia 2000 and not film everything <laughs> on the same phone that you know on the same technology that you're protesting yeah um, but just it's if you're not playing snake 2 on your mobile phone it could be seen as slightly hypocritical by uh, by using some g's whilst protesting g's <laughs> That's exactly what I was feeling. And they try to tell me that it's all about moderation and, and la-di-da, but I, I just think that, you know, I don't know, my personal common sense would be to that be the first step. Yeah, but- and I think they they don't <laughs> realise that these things are tested um, by people. They do get approved and come out. Uh, it doesn't stop the conspiracy theories, though. Um, there have been some that have circulated on social media claiming that 5G causes coronavirus by sucking oxygen out of the lungs. Um, yeah. These claims have been debunked by medical experts and technological experts. That doesn't mean that they're not up there. And it might not come to you as a surprise, but the same people that are now protesting the 5G in my street are the same people that are anti-mask, anti-vax, anti-everything, anti basically. Mm. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, the connection is there, right? Mm. Okay, interesting. So, well, look, I'm not going yeah. <laughs> to say what's, what I think is right or wrong, all right? I'll leave that up to you listening to decide. But uh, we certainly thank you, Yaya, for um, for joining us. Letting us know what's been happening. Yeah, no, it's definitely – look, I, if, if there was one thing that, you know, at least Isabel Lucas is making my street look prettier, that's for sure. But <laughs> Well, much like um, much like this 5G tower, she is breathtaking. She takes, she takes the air out of my lungs. Um, so <laughs> – so we thank you for joining us, uh, Yaya, reporter on the grounds at the protests <laughs> in Byron against the 5G Towers. We'll catch you later, Yaya. Hopefully see you see around later. a festival some point. Yeah, see you later, hopefully. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.
I also find it quite interesting, the um, worrying about the lungs when the old marijuana smoke doff uh, usually <laughs> frequent the spongy circum- circumstances within thine body. Um, but anyway, that's just me. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. All day breakfast. Okay, we're about to move on from there, but I couldn't help but just sort of check it. I just wanted to check something. Um, Matt, did you just align yourself with the Byron 5G processors? <laughs> no. No, it what I'm very, saying is... It was very... It was a little bit of gymnastics around the question. <laughs> <laughs> and I know they do yoga up there, so is this... What's going on, I'm, mate? What I was trying to say, I don't want to look. I, I, I have not done any research. All mm. right, there you go. Yeah, I'll be the first one to admit I don't even know what five G is. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, if you said to me, "Hey, show us a five G," I'd be like, mm. "I don't know." So I literally don't know mm. what. You know what? It's so when they when they say you know do the research, I'm like I'd rather not. Yeah, and just you be you chain yourself to whatever you want. <laughs> no, because I well, couldn't be bothered doing the research, which I'm sure would provide me with the information I needed yeah. very quickly. Well, it is that thing because you're right. I mean, chain yourself to whatever you want. There's because there's, there's different things. Like there's this guy chaining himself to the five G tail because he's like, um. It sucks oxygen from your lungs or whatever they're claiming or whatever he thinks or it causes cancer or whatever he's going with. And then there's, you know, people who in the forest chain themselves to trees to stop bulldozers coming and knocking down the trees. The the only thing I'd say for those is there are countless examples of scientists and PhD people who say we we need forests to survive as a species. Well, look, um, whereas what I there is say- I, it from, you know, my anecdotal evidence, there's not as many um, people not wearing fishermen's pants uh, coming out and saying it on the, um, <laughs> on the other side of things. All I'm going to say is everything's a fact. If you Google it, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I wanted to call the latest Boilermakers EP that, and I stand by it. Everything is a fact. If you Google it, right. So, uh, you yeah. do you. So chain up, baby, because so my- <laughs> I'ma do me. Oh man. Okay. Well, we almost got there. Hey, and also but I did we, do we, we, I did do just- a summer holiday acting camp with not only Isabel Lucas but also Mel Buddle. Okay, and and I'll tell you what. Now Isabel did not talk about any any G's mm. back in two thousand two. Right. Mm. There were there weren't really there weren't really phones back then, so I don't know. <laughs> I can't comment on her stance personally. No, sure, but so what we've come out of this is Matt and Alex tell people to chain themselves to whatever they want. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what we've. That's where we're at, mate. That wasn't me who said that. Just don't do it near my house. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Well, I think you've summed up the Byron mentality right there, my friends. Thank you. Good. We got to the bottom of it. Finally.
Yes, Matt. Now, if you listened to Matt and Alex a couple of weeks ago, you would have heard a really sad week here at the program. We did lose a friend to suicide, which was super sad. Uh, your messages were incredible. We had a really, really open discussion about it all. And uh, one of the good things that did come out of that is uh, listener who helped put the podcast on. You might be listeners listening to us on the app um, as a result, as in consultation of with our friend's family and everything, um, decided to send $1,000 to the Man Cave. Uh, we encourage you to do the same. Uh, but we've thought it would be great to follow up and uh, see where that money goes when you do talk to the Man Cave because it is a really great organisation and Matt, we're super stoked to be chatting to the CEO of the Man Cave to find out a little bit more about what they do. It's a big hello to Hunter Johnson. G'day, Hunter. Hello, guys. Super pumped to be here and um, yeah, just thanks for all the support that's come our way over the past few weeks. Hey, not at all. We, uh, we love what you do and I mean, I'd love to get started by just chatting about where the Man Cave started. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I guess in summary, the Man Cave, we're basically what we do is just send in super dynamic, super diverse facilitators into high schools that just make it normal and cool for young men to just take off the mask they wear and start to open up about their feelings and develop some uh, self-awareness and some empathy for, for other people's experiences too. Um, but I can say it was definitely not the game plan to be running a charity that tried to make it cool for young men to talk about their feelings. But, um, yeah, just over the years, I just saw some of the most important men in my life, you know, guys who I grew up with, men who raised me, just go through their own experiences of, of mental illness, whether it's anxiety, um, depression or, or even suicide. And uh, it just did not make sense to me that the systems we have in place to deal with, whether it's mental health or even family violence, are just geared around crisis management. So we wait till something goes wrong and we try to fix the symptoms. And I was like, why don't we just go to the root cause and mm. let's work early on preventative. And, and I think that's that's kind of what's seen the, the man cave get such um, support over the last few years. It's such a great way to do it because we felt, and I'm sure everyone feels, because there's so many people who are touched by these issues that there's, there's, it's so difficult to do something when it gets to the, that crisis point. So take us back um, and let us know where, where you sort of start introducing yourself to people and uh, the kind of things that the, uh, the Man Cave talks about and, and, uh, <clears throat> and gets amongst. I think, um, you know, I used to, I started it with one of my best mates about seven years ago and we were just talking about our own life experiences and just going, fire out, it would have made a difference if we just had a space just to have unfiltered, raw, authentic conversations around how life was really going and instead of just bottling up our emotions. And, you know, the way we talked about it is every day we'd feel rejected, lonely, a bit of banter would go a bit too far, we'd feel a little bit guilty. It was like we're just putting these like rocks in our own jar and eventually it just ends up exploding and that can manifest in things like rage, fear, anxiety, self-consciousness, and we're just like, all right, surely there is a soul for you. And so we ended up just taking a few sick days off our um, our jobs and driving out into communities and just really just creating spaces for boys to just lean in and have authentic, open conversations. And what we saw from that is that boys were wanting this. They just didn't know it existed. And what we also found was just doing it in a really relaxed way where we didn't come in virtue signaling, showing how woke we were, but actually just normalizing it and just going, a lot of us go through so many of the same challenges, but because we kind of got these like this armor on, particularly at school, which is a pretty full on place, 
really all we want is to just tell our best mate we love them. So what we just did is create an environment where boys felt comfortable enough to do that. And often that starts with just a bit of banter, having a bit of fun, and then the honesty comes from them. And it's amazing having now work with about 20,000 boys that they absolutely stand up into these environments and they want to create a better world and they want to be better mates for each other too. Um, Hunter, I've mentioned on the show a couple of times, but my mum passed away when I was 12. And, you know, back then when growing up, the, you know, boys didn't cry. That was just something that, mm. you you know, you had to be tough. Um, and it wasn't until I, you know, hit university and um, started exploring my emotions more and, and actually releasing them, not mm. just crying, but just showing vulnerability that I suddenly felt, to be honest, a lot better uh, yeah. about about myself internally. Are you seeing younger boys have that turnaround earlier on in their lives than maybe would have previously happened in, in my era? Yeah, I think like our generation, if I can put us in that camp, is is very similar. You know, it was just like suck it up, get on with it, you'll be right. And it was almost like unconscious. That's just what the culture was. But I also think now it's an incredibly confusing time for a lot of guys because one hand you're told to toughen up, don't cry, be stoic, be strong. But then the other side of it now is be more vulnerable, cry more often, show your feelings. And it's, it's you know, as men, that's tricky for us to navigate. Imagine being a teenage teenager mm-hmm. when you, you're dealing with your body developing, your brain developing, social pressures, wanting to be cool, um, trying to fit in. And then all of this is coming up around your identity. And so what we're starting to see is that boys are just feeling confused. And really with the confusion comes a lack of purpose and a lack of confidence. And for us, it's not about telling the boys to throw away their masculine traits at all, but it's just providing an invitation for them to expand their view of masculinity and actually just gain more of their humanity. And, you know, what we're seeing is that boys, they just have such beautiful range in their identity when we they give them the space to explore it. But as we know, like high school, high school's a hectic place. I tell you what, and, you're absolutely gosh. right, Hunter. I mean, just thinking back to my own, you know, I managed to do school musicals. Um, yeah. So I, um, <laughs> I had a bit and play less, AFL and play know? AFL, but I had a bit of a less of a um, lame tolerance than some people. But I just know, even myself, just like you just. Whether it's your parents' jokes, whether it's um, the latest song that's video clip that's coming out, or whether it's talking about your mental health, your lame radar is just mm. tuned up, and you imme- you're just slapping lots of things down. They're coming towards you. What sort of things does the man cave sort of put out, and how do you approach it to try and um, maybe slip through this uh, high functioning lame radar? Yeah, I, I think the other side. I love that we just coined the term "lame radar" too. So that's now oh, if something gets said, that's if someone like if you're in a group of boys yeah. and someone's like, "What you like that? That's lame." You'd be like, yeah. "Oh no!" Nah, I'm just like, you just absolutely <laughs> shut down. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, the other thing we know about teenagers is they have the best bullshit detectors in the world. Yeah. So they'll they'll sniff fear out a mile away and also inauthenticity. You know, mm. and and so a big focus for our facilitators who are just kind of the magic behind our program. And these are these are, you know, people who range from, you know, former refugees, we've had former child soldiers, First Nations people to classic hipsters to footy jocks to drama kids. Um, they they represent the diversity of masculinity that we encounter in the classroom. And, and so there's a real relatedness there and the kind of the personality type. It's like that cooler cousin at your family get together where you really just want to sit next to them and for them to just ask you how you're going. Mm. And so there's a real relatedness there. And 
what we found find is that non-authoritative figure just is gives so much permission for the the boys to open up and you know our facilitators are just trained in in building trust and rapport really authentically you know the amazing thing about authenticity is when someone is authentic everyone leans in and it kind of like one of my favorite quotes is authenticity just changes the particles in the room you know mm. definitely for teenagers who are kind of just on autopilot you know, through the turbulent 10 years, when they hear authenticity in a classroom setting, it just completely changes the game for them. And so, you know, we have a number of, of workshops that, that get them to question, as I said before, like the, the rules of masculinity they've inherited. We do a lot of kind of small group work where they sit down and they check in around how life is really going for them and they go through the different categories of their life. And what we often find is, as I said before, boys really want this, but often they just lack lack the language to talk about their emotions, the permission to actually do it, and then the courage to step into that place. And, And our whole thing is like, we don't have the rules for masculinity, but they do. And so we want them to just create their own version of whatever it means to be a man in in 2021, as long as they feel empowered. Well, Hunter, since you uh, started the Man Cave, you have talked to 20,000 young men. So there's so many stories that you'll be able to tell. But is there one particular moment that uh, you could tell us right now that stands out to you of, uh, of how this has made an impact in someone's life? Yeah, for sure. We, uh, we recently ran a program uh, with a group of boys and I ran a, a session which was called If You Really Knew Me, You Would Know. And um, the whole idea is that, you know, at school, it's kind of like you're just trying to get by sometimes. And often we don't get to talk about the things that we're really proud of or the things that we really want people to know about. And so we're all kind of sitting around in a circle and uh, I just kind of framed it up going, all right, challenge by choice, only, you know, only step into this if you want, of course. And then also confidentiality is, is there too. Um, but I'd love to know who's going to be the bravest, bravest boy in the group. And um, I saw a hand shoot up out of nowhere and his kid Tom goes, <sighs> takes a big breath in. He goes, he's in year seven. He goes, if you really knew me, you'd know that I'm actually bisexual and I've wanted to share that for a long time. And it actually really affects me when, you know, I'm at the tram stop or I'm back home in Snapchat that you guys throw around the term gay because it makes me feel like an other. And it was a real kind of pin drop moment. And as a facilitator, I was like, okay, where is this going to go? Let me just check back in with him. I was like, Tom, how are you, mate? Have you shared that before? And he's like, I've shared it with my parents, but I haven't shared it with the group, but I've always wanted to. And Mm. I kind of looked at him again and I was like, how are you feeling, man? And he was like, I'm feeling a bit nervous. And I was like, okay, why is that? He's like, I'm just worried about how the boys are going to receive this. And I said, let's ask them. Hands up if, you, if you've got enormous respect for Tom right now. 40 hands go up in the air. And I said, I'd love to hear from some of you guys. What do you respect about it? First kid shoots up and he goes, mate, I just had no idea. I was just using his banter, but I sort of say I really respect your bravery. The second kid then goes, listen, I've actually been questioning my sexuality and that's just really inspiring to hear you talk about that. And then the next person where I was going to go to was a teacher who was his like kind of like mid-30s, pretty well-dressed, like put-together guy. And he looked at me quite nervously and said, I wasn't going to share, but he looked at down at Tom and he said, but I will because of you. I'm actually uh, been teaching at this school for a long time. And um, if you really knew me, you'd know that I'm gay. And I haven't actually shared that in a school environment because I'm worried around how that's going to be perceived. And I actually only started to share that about three or four years ago. But you, young man, have just given me the courage to share this environment. And, 
again, a pin drop moment. And I said to the teacher, how are you feeling? And he's like, I'm also feeling a bit nervous. And I was like, yeah, can, I can get that. And uh, he said, and sorry, I said to him, like, well, let's ask the group what they think. And a three-hand shoot up again. The first kid goes, oh, sir, you're at least in my top three favorite teachers now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was his acknowledgement. And the next teacher was, next kid was like, oh, you know, sir, we just love you for who you are. And, and then, you know, the beautiful thing about that narrative is they now have an incredible relationship. They work at their school's gay-straight alliance. And, you know, we also know if we zoom out of the situation, you know, the kids who do identify as LGBTIQ+, their mental health and suicide statistics are, are quite high compared to those who are straight. So just to have him come out, be supported, have a mentor and a role model there and actually be really welcome and accepted for his identity you know, it just that makes such a profound difference in that kid's life, but also the culture of that school. Oh, look, it's an incredible story, and I'm sure it's just one of so many uh, and so many ways that Man Cave has affected and helped uh, people across Australia. Most quickly, how can people uh, help you guys out? Yeah, thank you, mate. Well, we've uh, on social media, it's just at the Man Cave underscore Oz, uh, and then we've also just launched a, a new personal care brand for, for guys, which uh, is called Stuff. So it's um, the Instagram handle is at follow the stuff. And the whole idea for Stuff is to be like the modern links, but with a social purpose and no misogyny. Um, <laughs> but um, it's fun. Well, you're not going uh, with the tagline <laughs> spray more, get more. Um, yeah, so, there. Right? So, Recall that like, from back in the day. That's right. And we laugh at that, right? But that's like the yeah. subtle conditioning of like our childhood, right? Yeah. You spray yourself and a flock of gorgeous women come chasing, still waiting for that to happen. But, <laughs> you know, um, the, the idea behind stuff is it's, you know, it's a cool modern personal care brand for guys that also funds um, boys to go through the Mancaps program. So, you know, instead of choosing your old spice or your, your links, you can choose stuff and, you know, help a boy become a better man and have better relationships too. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Hunter. It's so great to chat to you, to hear all about Man Cave. And we can't wait to see the um, corporation that you've been, you know, running just go from strength to strength. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate the opportunity. And yeah, just thanks for the awareness that you two are building too. It just makes such a difference. No, man, it's not a problem at all. Thank you for everything you're doing and we'll catch you soon, bro. Awesome. Thanks, guys. And Matt, that brings us to the end of today's episode of All Day Breakfast. It has been a whole heap of fun. So thank you very much for hanging out with us. If you want to blow our minds next week, hit us up in the inbox, matt.and.alex. We would love to hear from you. Thank you very much to Yaya Stempler for joining us from Byron Bay. Thank you to uh, Hunter Johnson for telling us all about uh, the Man Cave. What an organisation. Very, very cool that they're able to do that these days. And a massive thanks to my partner, Belinda, for letting me know that mandarins... Mm. I've been seeing them upside down and possibly the whole world upside down my whole life. <laughs> the real so... MVP. Good on you, Belle. <laughs> hey, join us tomorrow. It is a big Friday show. As well as that, we're going to be giving you a big announcement. In fact, very, very soon, Matt and Alex are going live with a very special show. We'll tell you a little bit more about it tomorrow, but we just wanted to flag it because um, we're getting things ready, Matt, and it should be a, a good, fun, live time. Yeah, it'll be a really great opportunity to talk to you live as well. Um, Right across Australia, we'll let you know all the deets to Moz. But hey, hope you have a good one. We'll see you then. Bye.
Listener.